Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. As the year winds down this week between Christmas and New Year's, we're going to do some throwback episodes. We're going to take the week off from the podcast, regroup. We got some real powerful episodes coming out as January rolls in 2023. The podcast has just been on fire. And uh, without the support of our listeners in the community, the National Fire Radio community, we wouldn't be able to be where we are today. So I thank you all. And so as we roll into 2023, it is with our sincere gratitude and appreciation for all of you and the support we've been getting for the daily podcast that's being released. So this week, buckle up. We got some throwback episodes today. Uh, on the Monday, the 26th, Mickey Farrell. This goes back to two years ago, episode 51. On the 27th Tuesday, we're going to have Chief Joe Speranza. This goes back four years ago to episode number eight from our old school studios. Joe Speranza is a volunteer fire chief out of Hawthorne, New Jersey, and has a very powerful episode. Wednesday, the 28th, Elkhart Brass. Chris Martin and Jerry Herbst, two of the best. They know their product. They know nozzle and hose packages, and uh, they met us at our studios on our home turf, and it was a great episode. That was from three years ago in episode 48. Another throwback will be Thursday the 29th, and that will be Bobby Eckert's original interview with us. That was episode 13, and that goes back four years ago. And lastly, Friday the 30th, Steve Jason, the solid brother out of New Jersey, who I've just come to be real fond of, super smart and passionate about the fire service and his training. That's from four years ago, and that's episode 19. So this week, the 26th through the 30th, buckle up for some throwback episodes. We appreciate the support. Look for some new content coming out in January of 2023. We're mixing up the podcast. We're going to be putting out some new types of uh, episodes, so they're not just going to be guest-driven. They're also going to be um, some educational pieces and a few other things that we have worked up and uh, we got a few things up our sleeves. So buckle up, hang on. We appreciate the support. Truly, it means the world to us. And lastly, as this year winds down, we got a week left. We're doing the Taylor Tins Tin of the Month for December. I ask you now to go to taylorstins.com, order the Tiller Time Tin, which is the Tin of the Month. Money from the proceeds will go to the Lieutenant Joseph P. DiBernardo Foundation, the Joey D. Memorial Foundation. This is an organization that National Fire Radio has been partnered up with for quite a while now. They are incredible guys doing great work protecting our own through bailout systems and firefighter safety and survival. They do uh, two conferences a year now, and they are making a tremendous difference in the American Fire Service. So the Joey D. Foundation is reaping some reward from the tin of the month so please please go to taylorstin.com order your tin of the month and part of the proceeds go directly to the joey d fund anyway thank you for an absolutely wonderful year 2022 will go down in the books as a big growth year for national fire radio and myself and the crew we are just honored and elated to be able to give you and deliver content that we've been giving you and uh, without your support and listening we wouldn't have anything so we appreciate all of you Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year. And we'll see you in January with some new content. And without further ado, The Daily Podcast. You tell me how my hair is. It's not just fantastic, dude. It's Jay, just hit the red button. I got it. All these jobs. I got it. I got it. You, just, you look pretty. Hello? Testing? Testing? We're good on this mic here, too, Seb? 
Yeah, we're all good. Set, test, test, check, check, test. <coughs> yeah. You ready? Big spikes for Jay's boys. Big spikes always. Mm -hmm. so. Steve Jason, Captain, Milburn Fire Department. Correct. You got that, Rob? You're doing the intro. <coughs> yeah, no, I, I got it. Hey, guys. Catch Rob. Do we need the clap? Yes, we always need yes. Everyone ready? Actually, that was a really shitty clap. Let's do that one again. So there we go. Now we got so the sound we need. Hey everybody, it's Rob Riley from National Fire Radio. We're in the studio tonight. We're happy to be back. I'm sorry that I got married. Not really. Love of my life, but anyway. She is. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, she gets half the pension, so she's got that going for her. All right, Rob, right? it's not about you, it's about our guests. I know, I know, I know. So let's get so, on that. Thank you. You're welcome. Sorry, everyone, it's Jeremy, National Fire Radio, and we're here with Steve Jason from the uh, Milburn Fire Department down in Milburn, New Jersey. Correct. Yep. So. Let's uh let's kind of take it off from there and yeah. Captain Steve Jason. That's right, Captain. Captains. Titles. Mm -hmm. It's good. So do you stand on a, a one leg up? Keg, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Perfect. <laughs> Steve, thank you. Thanks for being here tonight, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We um look yeah. forward to coming up and, and this is uh, it's awesome. You have been uh, real quick before we jump into it. Steve has been a um, advocate of our channel for very much from the beginning and I thank you for that because yeah. it's guys like you that have really fueled our growth and our market share and you know spreading the word is not always the easiest thing to do um, but the fact that you have been supporting us from day one you and all the different groups that you're affiliated with and we'll talk about that tonight yeah. it's awesome and I thank you we came down to Milburn shot some of the apparatus innovations out of the department uh, and so on so I just I can't thank you enough for Absolutely. Uh, thank you guys for, for what you're doing this is this is awesome We've been, uh, the fire service has needed this for a while. So. Every time I hear that, I'm just like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. But thank you. You're, you're giving a platform to get it out there. Thank you. You know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, right. it's like the old coffee tables when you'd sit around and you just discuss what the fires were for the day. That's and, it. You know. When I got on the job, I mean, it, you came to the kitchen table. Yeah. Right. You know, you, that's where shift change happened yeah. and you, you learned from the senior man or yeah. you, you're, you figured out what was going on that day. Now you're walking to the firehouse and it's there's one guy sitting there. Right. What's going on? Like how you know? It's I a shame. Keep to myself. Yeah. Or you know, everybody's sitting at the table, but they're all on their phones. Nobody's talking yeah. to anybody. I I think a lot of it. You know, we talk about that. I mean, we're jumping right in here, so yeah. we'll we'll get to the first fire stuff. But <laughs> like, I, like I I agree with you, right? In the, like I'm not call. Yeah. I'm not in a career house, but I have to think for guys that have been on the job for quite a long time, it can be a little discouraging when you walk in the door now and how maybe it's a little bit different than what it used to be, where. Shift change, guys would sit down, share that cup of coffee, tell the stories from the tour before, catch up, how's your wife doing, how's the kids, ba ba ba. You have that. stay for a while, too. Right. They don't mm -hmm. just go. They come in. Not a lot of guys will come, shifts over. I'm getting out of they here. They got relief and they're gone. Yep, yep. Right. I'm out of here. And then I have to think, too, you know, just saying, like walking into the kitchen, that was always the center point of the firehouse and where conversations happen. Where Rob's, a, where Rob's on the job, they have a very small living quarter, so you kind of have to yeah. be centered there. Mm -hmm. But I was down in, in Steve's firehouses, I was in two of them, uh, and headquarters is much bigger, and even his substation had room to roam. So I can see if you're running the four-man company and you've got a big building, guys are roaming. They're sitting in a corner on their phone probably and this and that. So I guess where I'm going with this is like this has always been a topic of conversation. I think every podcast we've done, we've talked about this. But like for you, Steve, like what do you like? How do we combat that? What are your thoughts? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. The, my old chief. We, we got a new chief about a year and a half ago. Uh, the old chief was great, um, and he, he was he was very about 
bringing the, the pride to the firehouse. Not that the new one's not. Right. Um, but somewhere along the lines, we lost it. And I know that the since I've been on the job, and I know every firehouse you walk into, it's about the senior man. Right. You know, oh, well, go to the senior man for your problem, or do this, you know, the senior man. But we, we've kind of had a, a turn where the middle of the road guy is now stronger than the senior man. You know, where he pulls the guys together and has that camaraderie where some of the senior guys are, are going. Before I was promoted, my senior guy would come to me and ask me, hey, how do you do this? Or, you know, why are we doing this? And you know what I mean? So somewhere along the lines, we kind of lost that. Yeah. Like when I was a probie, we had a, we had a couple senior guys that were on they were what a senior guy was supposed to be. You know, you walked in the firehouse and you knew he was there and you went to him and you that was that was your mentor, if you will. Yeah. You know? Whether you wanted it or not. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, and it's funny, I, I came in like right in the time where like we stopped doing the hazing and yeah. uh, my wife was all pissed off because we watched like Ladder 49 before I got hired. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's like, how come they're not doing any of that stuff to you? You know, I'm like, well, it's... I don't know. It's just the lawyers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> yeah. a change in the times, you know. I mean, but you, you but hear all the stories. That's but. also how you know the breaking points of people around you too. It's not necessarily you're trying to push them out. It's that you want to see how far you can go with them, so that when you're in that burning building and it's getting really hot, shit's falling down around you. You know that guy's not going to bail on you. You know what kind of person he is way before you got to that. Oh yeah, and you're building that camaraderie where. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you kind of know what I'm thinking before I even yeah. say anything. You yeah. know? So. I, I think part of it, too, and I'm, I'm not advocating hazing by any means, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... Well, no, you know, maybe... No, but I'm not... Listen, we Just don't... Just a little. Listen, <laughs> on, on this platform, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, on this platform, that, that it's our face and our name to everything that we do. And I'm not, I'm not the most PC guy in the world, and I'm not this wishy-washy guy. I'll take a position, and I stand behind my position. What I mean by I'm not fully in favor of hazing is that it can go too far. But listen, I'm a I'm a college kid, right? I went to college, I played college sports, I played high school sports. I've always been parts of teams. Yeah. And all during those experiences through middle school up through high school through college, whether you're in a fraternity, sorority, or you're on a sports team or whatever, there is some type of informalness of pushing each other a little bit further than what the acceptable norm is in the world today. And I'm not advocating that we should go past what is not acceptable. But at times, I think there is, especially in certain organizations, some of that fraternizing and some of that type of, I don't want to say hazing, but uh, camaraderie or pushing each other or a little bit of back and forth, I think is not detrimental. Yeah. Fire, Firefighting's like a sports team. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you have to know the players around you and how they operate in whatever conditions they're in. So you know who to go to. And I think also a lot of the the change, if you will, is, you know, like when we got on, it was you had to find your place, right? Where yes. where now that entitlement of, well, I got the job, this is my, my job. No, it's not yet. You have to earn your place. That's why you have a year of probation. Right. There was a there was a volunteer department in Virginia that did some kind of YouTube video years back, but the, the chief said that this is the only organization in America where you can get in as like a volunteer and you can sit at the table, but you have to earn your spot there. And I think that just stands true for the whole career like or for the whole fire service. Yeah. Because you can get you can get hired off the test and have a lucky Saturday, as we say in, in New York, and but you have to earn that spot at the table and. 
Lucky Saturday. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and, and I think too, like, and I, you know, it's funny. We get we get some pushback. We get some pushback. I'm a volunteer fireman. Proud to be a volunteer fireman. Had the opportunity to be a career fireman, and I deferred it at that time in my life because I that my life wasn't ready to take the job. Do I regret it now? No, I don't regret anything in my life. But what I had the ability to do it. I understand the career mentality. I bunked in with career guys for five years in a combination department. I've seen it firsthand. So when I talk about this, some guys are like, oh, this guy says job. He's a volunteer. He doesn't even understand it. You know what? Maybe I don't. I like to think I do. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, right, we have to rely and trust on each other. And when you can bring in a group of probies into a firehouse, a little bit of pushing back and forth and a little bit of informalness of, of testing also builds that camaraderie of that group. So that whether Rob's department that's small and only brings in one or two guys at a time maybe, where maybe Steve's department's a little bit bigger so they can bring in three, four, five guys, and those guys go through the academy together. They get their balls broken a little bit together, right? They go to meal together. They do all this for their probationary period and they're bouncing. That probationary year then goes into a 20 to 25 year career of those guys trusting and believing in each other because they got put through the paces together. The bond. Mm When we, when we pull that back and we scale that back and we don't let, when we get too correct or too over the top or baby it's cold outside, it's now acceptable, like we're going too far in the wrong direction. And in the fire service, this is not a clerical job. This is not a, this is not a white collar job. This is a blue collar job with guys that need to be tough and women too, but they need to be just as tough. It doesn't. Gender, I don't care about. It's about being able to do the job and do the job correctly. If you can perform, it doesn't matter That's correct. who you are, where you come from, whatever else. You do the job, same as everybody else. And where I'm going with this is that lucky Saturday is that, yeah, anybody can get this job. If they study hard for the test mm-hmm. or they're in good physical condition and they apply to a department that you know brings on a lot of guys and so on, your number is going to get pulled and you're going to go to the job. But just because you get that job doesn't make you a firefighter. And it certainly doesn't make you a brother. You could be a mutt right off the start. And you need, to, you need to, you know, kind of sign on to the whole fire service uh, agreement, if you will. It's a contract. Like, we have an obligation. And, and so I think that's what's getting lost. Yeah. And, and I, I guess... I completely agree on it. And it's not just us, which is kind of the, the fun... The, well, I wouldn't... It's, it's, it's comforting to hear it sometimes, but, like, my brother-in-law is a state trooper. Right. And he talks about recruits and how... Like, when he took the job, he just wanted to be a state trooper. Like, that was his, he, and his father was a trooper, so he had a role model. But now he's got people who are coming in, they're like, hey, this, I can take this test and I get a six-figure job. All right. Like, and it's, and he's got a, like, now, so he gets these recruits out of the academy. And he's building them up to, like, become a trooper because they have to understand that culture and tradition. If there's a guy out there who wants to do national police radio, you can probably do it. And just call us <laughs> up. But, but when it comes to that whole, like, millennial kick or whatever we want to call it, like, they're facing the same issues in that industry. They're facing the same issues in dispatch centers. In the treats. In the treats. Right. Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. So, without a doubt. So, well, listen, we could harp on this forever. Mm-hmm. But I think we should, Rob, why don't we get into yeah. Steve's background? Steve. Yeah. yeah, let's right. talk about, that's why you're here. It's not about us. Yeah. It's about so, the job. That's right. Steve, you, yes. <laughs> you started out as a volunteer firefighter. I did. Uh, I started when I was 16 as a junior. Uh, out in Pottersville, it's a little little department in uh, Bedminster Township in Somerset County. Uh, it was actually a unique place um, early on, and, and I mean, I was I was around the fire service since I was a little kid. Like I, it was in my blood. I, I knew you know from day one I wanted to be a fireman. Oh yeah. Um, you know, my grandfather was a fireman. My uncles were firemen. 
my grandfather told me that his grandfather was a fireman in Ireland. Apparently, I've never got confirmation on that, but it's it's in the blood, you know. And um, so as soon as I could, I, w I was knocking at the door and, and wanting to join. You know, I knew they had a junior program. Uh, my buddy in school, his dad was on the department, so I kind of, you know, kind of put myself in there. And uh, my parents were, were kind of reluctant at first. Um, my dad did not join the fire department, even though his dad was on the job, or as a volunteer. And um, he, you know, saw his dad away from the house all the time. Yeah. Saw his dad, you know, not making dinners and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, I don't want to do that for my family. I want to be, be around. So when I was joining, um, you know, there's also that, oh, well, guys go down to firehouse just to drink beer. You know, and, and uh, that was kind of the mentality he had. He's like, oh, I don't want to put you in that. So my, my buddy's father came and sat down at the dinner table. He's like, listen, he's like, we're not about that. We're, you know, we're a family, this and that. So uh, it was kind of cool and unique because since I was 16, when there was a fire call, my dad had to drive me to the firehouse, <laughs> right? And we didn't, you know, we lived mm -hmm. a couple miles from, from the station. So um, every call or every drill night or every meeting night, he was taking me there and starting to meet everybody. Yeah. So then I think it was like a year and a half, about a year and a half in, I convinced him. I said, well, join you know everybody, you're, you're coming here anyway. So he joined, and then once I turned 18, we actually went through fire school together, which is... That's cool. That's yeah. Great. You know, it's, it's, you know some guys are like, oh, you know, my dad was a fireman, so I follow in his footsteps, and having the other side where we went through school together, and, you know, we kind of had that little competition. I beat him on a test by a couple points, and, you know, never let him hear the end of it. But yeah. What a great experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, so that was kind of my start. Um yeah, we're talking about your first fire. My first fire was actually a brush fire as, as a junior. I wasn't supposed to be in the smoky environment. They hear, here, take this and, and go. Of course. You know, and then... Was uh, it in a need tank? It was, yeah. Big metal one with yeah. Yeah. little yeah. nylon straps that cut into your arms. Got yeah. one around the corner here. I'll show you. Yeah. But, you know, but that's part of the hook too, right? Which I'm sure you're going to talk about. Like, that's the hook, man. Okay, these 16-year-old kids aren't speak, or 18-year-old kids aren't supposed to be exposed to, like, these environments. But you know what? That's how you hook them. That's it. I yeah. mean, I remember my first, man. I was hooked. Oh, I yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. We have, actually, uh, I, I, an instructor at Morris County Fire Academy, and we have a junior program, and uh, it's two, two or three straight weeks in the summertime, and 16 and 17-year-old kids come, and they get almost all of the training as a firefighter, one student, except for, like, power tools and live burn. Right. You know, they go into the propane burn, but they don't get the class A burn. And they can, they're not certified, but they're trained. And then once they turn 18, they come back and they get certified in their saws, and they're ready to go. That's so, awesome. So it kind of, like, helps you along. Like, when I started, you know, I was down at a firehouse just learning from the guys on, on what to do. Right. Because I couldn't go to fire school until I was 18. Right. How I mean, do you actually, find, how's the success of that program? Actually really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of it, you know, they're, they're padding their resumes for college. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, they join the department, they go to college, and then they don't come back because some they can't afford it or whatever issue may be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's gone for I don't know, years now, and they just keep. And enroll, enrollment's good. Enrollment's good. Yeah, we fill it every summer. That's great. When we were out in Wisconsin, we went to Fox Valley Technical College. You got Let's that right because I, sh I screwed that one up. <laughs> but uh, a couple times I saw. Frank. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, our guest. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> At least somebody's watching. Yeah, 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 that's, that's right. true. That's true. Thanks, man. But it was just great to see, and like it was, we were so pressed on time, and like. You know, we could spend a week out there and we wouldn't cover it. But it was just, for me, it was awesome to see so many young kids that were in that school just to learn how to be firefighters, EMTs. I mean, they even had police officers 
trying, we're trying to shoot a video and I hear a siren. I look, what is that? And there's like, they're doing a traffic stop outside the firehouse. It was like, cool. They had a class yeah. of wildland kids there. And they yeah, were like yeah. in their tw- young 20s that were doing so wildland training. Trying to do a tuck video. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how to, they've never worn packs before. What oh, video? The puck. Oh, puck video. I don't know. I don't know what kind of show you're shooting here. Let's go. So anyway, yeah. so but that's awesome. Oh, you have to turn down the lights. <laughs> yeah. So now so. you went from Pottersville, and then from there, like. So I, I kind of uh, moved around. Well, Pottersville again was unique. It's a little small town. Um, the fire station and, and most of our district sat in, in Bedminster Township, which is in Somerset County, but we also covered Tewksbury Township in Hunterdon County, and we ran into Chester Township in Morris County. So we're kind of hmm. like in that little triangle. And uh, there was, I think, four or five hydrants in the whole district. You know, we were running tankers, second two behind the engine, and it, it taught you early on to be an aggressive fireman. Yes. You know, you better get in and put it out with your tank water or back out and wait for the tanker. There, did you have a water supply officer that was his only job? We did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The What was the makeup of that department like? Because you, you talk about learning how to get in there with that tank water and, and, and put that fire out. And I know I, I had a very similar experience growing up in Sullivan County, and the best aggressive people that I learned from in Youngsville were those independent contractors and those farmers who... That's, had to fix stuff on their own. That's exactly And it. they were the ones who were like, you, you get right up in there because this is all we have. Yeah. So you got to make it worth it. And it yeah, was- farmers, contractors, a couple DPW guys. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my mentors early on, Louis Moore Jr., um, he, he, was, he was one of an awesome farm. Now, he was just in a little department, but when it come down to it, he, he knew what he had to do and he got the job done. If you don't mind me asking, what made him a mentor for you? He... Uh, I think he kind of saw early on that I kind of had the fire in me mm-hmm. and took me under his wing and, and kind of gave me a little more a little more leash than the other guys had. You know, like junior guys weren't supposed to have a key to the firehouse, and I got one because I'd have the school bus drop me off at the corner, walk to the station, and go in and start shining the rigs. You know, like I was I was there to do it. You know, I wasn't just there for the T-shirt and the to say I was a firefighter. So right. I think he kind of saw that and kind of took me under his wing and. and I appreciate it. I tell him to this day, I'm like, you know, I've gone, you know, I've gone my career, I've, I've been promoted to a captain, I've, I've taught at FDIC, and I, I still send him a note every once in a while, like, you know, thank you for for doing that, you know what I mean? So I'm now, not, you go ahead. I, I, I had family in the firehouse, so I've, I've been around it for a long time, Yeah. but actually as a member riding on the rig and having him kind of there, that was that was cool. I think, um, I'm sitting here listening to this, and I just, I, I love hearing that, like, I've never really heard somebody say that before and I'm glad Rob asked that question because I'm now going through my own brain about like have I mentored or took somebody under my wing a little bit more than another guy because I see something in him and I have and that's freaking cool man like I'm thinking about that now and now I'm thinking about the guys there were a couple guys in my career over 24 years that have been a little more special than the others and it's because I was that same type of kid I mean I had the I had the I was fortunate to be the second generation farm. My father was already in the firehouse, so everybody knew who I was as a little kid. But I always, I was the kid chasing the fire engines on my bike, and I was always at the firehouse any opportunity I can get. And back then, my father was super strict. Like, I wasn't allowed to ride on the trucks. We don't let the kid go, you know? Like, we don't do that. But every once in a while, I would. And that was like, you know, you don't want to talk about like an incredible moment as a kid. Oh, yeah. And then I'm just fast forwarding. So, I mean, I just love the fact that you said that about this gentleman because he really shaped, 
You saw something in you, and and to do that, and that, and I think that's what's lacking today. Yeah, I sure. think that guys yeah. don't want to. F- I don't know if they don't have the time or the or the want. I mean, I was going to ask you. I don't want to put you on the spot, but have you found in your career because somebody's done that for you that have you done that yet for somebody? Absolutely. I, I actually I, I kind of I try to go out of my way to do that. Yeah. You know. Um, and you so see it in these guys, I right? Do. Yeah. And you can tell. I mean, as soon as they walk through the door, you could you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fast forward from from Pottersville. Um, it was a little tiny apartment. I think they ran like fifty calls a year. And, you know, I was looking for a little more action. So while I was on there, I also joined PPAC Gladstone, which is the next town over. So I was running both companies. And um, I did that for about a year. And then it was just time for me to move out. I was 19 at the time. And I moved out of my parents' house. And I moved to Denville, yeah. which is where um, two of my uncles were on the fire department. So I already kind of knew a lot of the people there. And I, I came in and, and I started there from a, a probie and uh, made it all the way up to captain. I was captain for three years there. And while I was captain, I, I tried to do that as much as possible. Bring the bring the guys in, and uh, going full circle, a, f- a friend of mine who uh, was a junior coming in while I was captain was just department chief two years ago, and he said he goes, "Thank you," you know. He's like, "I, I didn't know if I could do this," and he goes, "It was because of you that I stayed in it." And that's awesome. He went all the way to chief. Now, so yeah, yeah, is, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. awesome. Like, and that's the one follow-up question I have about uh, Louis Moore Jr. As far as I mean, like, is there something that you can think of off the top of your head, like that, like some things that you're just like, yeah, these are like, these are the things. Like on, on top of taking, like, was there something specific that you're like, one day he pulled me aside and he said like, you know, X Y Z or yeah, it was it was a lot of like the little tips and tricks stuff. You know, like they tell you, okay, well, you have to do this, this, and this. Yeah. Well, he would say, all right, well, we also do this and this, or show you kind of like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the yep. in-betweens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a unique opportunity. Uh, I got a, a part-time job at the DPW that he worked with. So we were working together during the day and talking shop while we were at work about the firehouse. And then at night, we were going down for drills. And so we, we really kind of got real close. And you know what I mean? So, um, and it's, it's, it's great now. Um, his son, who when I was a junior there was in diapers, just texted me actually yesterday and said that uh, he just got a part-time fire job. And, you know, he's just following right in his dad's footsteps. And I was like, that's that's really awesome to see, you know. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you, you hang up the phone and you just go like, yeah. 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 I mean, Absolutely. that is, you yeah. Know, it's like, this is this is so cool. And, you know, I've, I've had a couple, and you know, I, I hate patting myself on the back, but I've had a couple guys that, you know, have come up and said, hey, man, it's because of you that I'm doing this or, yeah. you know, that I'm into it and, and you know, you were one of the best captains I ever had, and you know stuff like that. So it, it, it's cool to see. I know for myself, yeah. there's been a few people who I've just kind of helped out and been like, "Hey, take this, do this." And because uh, when I was growing up, I was told that I would never be a career firefighter because where I grew up, didn't have career firefighters. Yeah. And then I was also like fed that line of like, "You, if you don't have a, a you know, a four-year degree, you're gonna be a failure." So it's funny you say that because my my grandmother fed me the same stuff. She mm-hmm. she was she worked at a college. She was college educated and. Uh, Years years prior, my uncle had tried to go the career route, and it just didn't work out for him. And she was like, "You're wasting your time. Yeah, you know, you you should you know go to school and learn about computers or something like that." I'm like, "No, like this is this is what I want to do." Yeah. And actually, hearing her tell me that I couldn't do it, lit the fire under my ass, where it made me want to do it even more. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I thank my lucky stars every day that, that I was able to get hired because I got hired in '06, and the next list was all vets, you know, and, and with civil service, 
that's in preference. Yep. So from the hire that we had two people after me until now, it's been all vets. In Milburn, maybe we could just give a breakdown of Milburn so people understand, because you guys aren't hiring classes at a time, I no. mean, right? So the, give us the rundown of Milburn. I mean, I got hired with uh, with one other guy. Right. And, you know, you talk about before, like, the camaraderie of, of the when you're hired together. Right. Um, when I got on the fire department, because I had already 10 years in the fire service, I was, you know, the probies, they would send them to fire one and fire two and then go back to the, the firehouse. I came in the door with fire three. So they were like, well, we're not going to spend the money putting you through school. Right. Like, we're going to have you on days, a couple days with the training officer, and then put you to a shift. And the guy I got hired with, he came from the DEA. He didn't have any experience. Right. So he went <laughs> off to the fire school. Right. And uh, But the, the guy that I got hired with, I mean, we've, we've stayed friends. We talk all the time. Yeah, we see each other at, at shift change and stuff like that. But And then 10 years later, we came out on the, on the promotional list. I came out number two. He came out number three. Nice. So I got promoted, and a year later, he got promoted. So it's... Nice. You know, cool. you, st awesome. you stay close and, and stuff like that. And even though we didn't go through fire school together, we got hired, and you know, we share that same anniversary. Yeah. So without a doubt. Now, what's the what's the makeup of Milburn? I didn't get the chance to go down because I think Jeremy was like, right, we're just gonna do a thing. Like, if you want to drive, like it's not that big of a deal." And I was like, I, "I didn't even tell him about." It. Yeah, and then like I see this passport and all this other stuff. And I'm like, "Dude, that seemed like it was a really cool time." He's like, "Oh yeah, I yeah. got confused with, about like, that." But no, seriously, like, what's 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 Milburn? So uh, so we have 47 career guys. Okay. Uh, it used to be a combination department. They had a whole bunch of volunteers, and they started a few paid guys. And then uh, when I got on the job, we had a handful of volunteers left. Mm -hmm. And uh, years prior to civil service, um, that's how you got the job. You volunteered, and then yeah, when there yep. was an opening, they hired from the volunteers. So once they went to civil service and they weren't hiring from the volunteers anymore, the volunteers kind of dwindled and um, eventually went away. So we have 47 career guys, uh, department chief, an administrative battalion, and then four battalions. Uh, we have four shifts. Each shift is 10 guys. Uh, we have one shift that has 11, but, um, and we have two fire stations. Station two is just one engine company with a captain and two firemen. Uh, and then headquarters has an engine, a truck, and a rescue. Um, the engine is staffed with three firemen and an officer. And the truck is staffed usually with one, sometimes two, firemen. Uh, and then if the rescue has to go out, they'll they'll jump ship from the truck, or guy from the uh, engine will jump over. And, and it's right. one officer and three on the other engine in the other station. Uh, at headquarters, it's one and three. And then the station, station two is one and two. Okay. Yep. Um, so that's every six months we rotate. Uh, so right now I'm on my station two rotation, and then January I go back to headquarters, and then the other captain comes up. Okay. So each shift has a battalion, two captains, and seven firemen. And the department's pretty busy. Yeah, we uh, we don't do any medical calls. Um, so, you know that would keep us very busy. But we don't do any medical calls, and we average about two thousand to twenty two hundred calls a year. Uh, a lot of customer service based type stuff. Um, the town that we make up, you know, Milburn Township is kind of split in two. It's Milburn and Short Hills, and Short Hills is you know big mansions and a lot of old money, some new money, and it's. Uh, you know, we, we do a lot of work environment. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we have some houses that we're going to that are, the square footage are bigger than commercial buildings. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, we have a we have a good, good area to work in, but then we also have mutual aid into the Oranges, to Irvington. And it's a super unique county. Oh, yeah. So Essex County, right? Yeah. yeah so Essex County, you know, people think of New Jersey 
and they think of Essex County. They think of Newark Airport. Because they land in Newark. Right. Yeah. Essex so, County Prosecutor's Office for so the movies, right? Like, yeah. What movie? Or like on the, the, the um, Denzel Washington was in it. He was uh, Denzel. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, uh, he knows what I'm talking about. I do. He's just humoring you. And no, and, and also like the Sopranos, right? The Sopranos. Yeah, that's true. Comes over, over, the, over the bridge from Jersey City into Newark, and that's kind of what you saw on TV. So, but uh, all right, hang on one sec. Good. So Essex County, we're talking about how unique it is, and everybody sees the hardcore industrial around the airport, the seaport, and all of that, right? But then as you work your way up the hill. You know, you start working your way out of those urban centers. I mean, there's cities like Irvington and the Oranges and Newark that go to work constantly. Oh, yeah. But you're on that mutual aid plan in Essex County, so you guys do find yourselves coming off the hill a little bit more. We do. Actually, our, our truck went into Orange last night for a job. We, we only went to station coverage. Uh, we were on a, we would have been the third alarm if it went past two. Right. But uh, they held it to two. But, yeah, we, we were out of town. Yeah. I just think it's, it's super unique just knowing the area, how... You go from a you know eight thousand square foot home down the hill to uh, you know uh, projects urban, and urban project environment right yeah. absolutely so you get it all and when we went to go get you know Jay, uh, Steve was nice enough to have us there and we saw him and this man is a jack of many trades mm -hmm. and he loves the job and he's into the job so I'm going to talk about it a little bit because I know you're not going to boast and talk about yourself but this is a guy that's into the job and, and Sebi and I saw it firsthand when we were there. Carries his bag of tricks. That's right. You want to talk about that a little bit? Because I just thought that was super unique. Because I don't. MacGyver. I keep it. MacGyver. Yeah. yeah, yeah right? That's right. And so I just, you know, it, you're into the job. And I think, you know, it's not it's not inflating your ego or, or boosting you up. It's talking about the job and your love for it. And I saw that firsthand. And that's why you're here tonight. Because I really found a guy, and we've become friends, that, you know, you're into the job. And you have a passion for it. And that's why you know, you're fueling other people's desire to be in this job and so on. But what I thought was really interesting was your bag of trips. And we, we shot a couple of them, yeah. and there was a lot of feedback on that stuff. Oh, yeah, I got a couple calls afterwards, too. I yeah. bet you did. Maybe uh, we could just talk about it a little bit. Your, maybe your your love for that type of stuff? Or? Yeah, so, uh, so the bag is kind of made up of half man versus machine type tech rescue little stuff. Um, I took a class years ago with, uh, actually, our Fool's Chapter brought him in from uh, P.L. Vulcan. They okay. did their man versus machine class. Yeah. Awesome guys. Fantastic. And um, so, you, you know, I kind of took some stuff from them. Um, I do a lot of forcible entry teachings and stuff like that, so I have a lot of through the lock tools. Um, the one, the JV tool, which you shot. Yes. Uh, buddies of mine that have become good friends of mine from Maryland, they came up with it. And uh, basically it's, it's to gain entry with, you know, no damage. You get in, you do your job, and you, you lock up when you're done. And uh, the thing is awesome. I've... I've Tried to promote it as much as I could for them. You know, they're, they're good dudes. I actually saw him at uh, one of the fire expos out in Pennsylvania, and I said, "How's things going?" He goes, "Bro, he goes, when we hit it big, I'm buying you a boat." He goes, "He goes, you have been awesome." He goes, <laughs> you know, they, they they took a shot, and I reached out to him and said, "Hey, man, I really like what you're doing here." And he, he sent me one for nothing, and I brought it to my fool's chapter, and I brought it to some other guys at, That's at cool. classes, and you know, yeah. all of a sudden they had like 30 sales because of That's my great. my reference. So. Yeah. Uh, they were very appreciative, but I, again, I like what they're doing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and then, you know, we can get into a little bit on, on kind of how I jumped in with fast solutions. And so let's do it. Yeah. Same, yeah. Same let's thing. roll right into it, man. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, so I was teaching extrication. I had the, the awesome opportunity to uh, to go to FDIC in 2016 and teach. Uh, I was teaching with Isaac Frazier and a bunch of his his guys that he brought on, and uh, just it was an awesome awesome time. I mean. 
you know, me coming up through the fire service, like, you know, you read the books of John Norman and you read, um, you know, all these different different guys that sure. are out there doing it. And then next thing you know, you're sitting in the instructor's meeting rubbing elbows with these right. guys. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, you know, yeah. like, just kind of like that starstruck type of thing. Like, you know, we're all brothers, we're all on the job, but, like, these guys are doing it, you know. That's right. And then, like, halfway through the conference, kids that were kids or young, you know, guys taking our class were coming up to me going, oh, my God, thank you so much. I learned so much. So it was like, you know, kind of getting both sides of it. It was, it was kind of mind-boggling. But um, so one of, one of the guys that was teaching with us, uh, Terry Larson, he's a squad guy in, in Philly. Yeah. Uh, he's on Squad 47 with Eric Allen, who's, who's the uh, creator of the fast board. Um, we were we were talking back and forth, and you know, became good friends from teaching together. And he said, "Bro, he goes, I know how into training you are. He goes, you got to see what this guy's working on. He goes, he goes, you're gonna love it." So he put me in contact with Eric, and uh, I took a ride down to Philly to his firehouse, and he put it up on the table, and he said, "This is what I got." He gave me the backstory. It was uh, they lost two guys in a commercial basement, and unfortunately they they perished in the fire. So he was like, "We, we got to change this," you know, and uh, started with a longboard and a piece of webbing and. Made some cuts and had some some pretty cool ideas and, and came up with the fast board, and uh, so he showed it to me and he took took a, a chance on me and said, "Here, take one, bring it home, play with it, see what you think, let your friends see it, see what they think." And you know, in Morris County, we have a uh, a writ weekend that we teach twice a year at our academy, once in the spring and once in the fall, and it's uh, 16 stations of half of it's safety and survival type stuff and half of it's rapid intervention type stuff. Nice. And uh, the guy, Scott Warner, who was the one that kind of wrote the book on it for, for Morris County, he was the first stop I went to. You know, I went, I went right to Scott's house. I said, hey, take a look at this. Tell me what you think. I mean, you know, you, you're the, the lead instructor for our RIP weekend, and you kind of like, wrote the book in, in Morris. And he was like, absolutely, this thing is awesome. Cool. So we started using it, started playing with it, came up with, um, there's a Mary strap now, which you saw when you, mm -hmm. you married the RIP pack to it. So that was our, our add to it. You know, I told Eric, say, just put a strap on it just to keep the, the packed to the board right and boom instantly there was there was a strap on it and then uh i think i think it's cool just to jump in real quick but we shot uh like a five minute video mm -hmm. with you down in milburn on it when sebby and i were down there uh and, and people for listening and watching and so on you can scroll through our uh stuff and be able to find a video of sebby we could probably post I'll it i'll put a card at the top so of we'll, we'll put that on the top of this interview while we're doing it so you guys can refer back to it so they can see it firsthand but also when we were just down at firehouse expo um, you know, in Nashville, the guys were there, and yep. they were doing some live demonstrations with it, and we had the ability to see it. We were going to go back the next day and shoot it, and then those guys ended up uh, leaving early that day. They had to run back, but uh, so we missed the opportunity to film it. But we're hoping, uh, talking to Eric outside of mm -hmm. Nashville, hopefully we can line something up, and we'd love to do some more for yeah. you guys on that. Yeah, um, I mean, just to get it out there. I think it's a unique product. I think it's pretty cool the too. Thing, the thing is a true game changer. You know, like there's other products on the market that that do RIT, which okay, great. You know, I'm not, not knocking anybody, but like me personally, and you know, I'm a big tool guy. Like I, mm -hmm. I love getting tools and you know, a couple years in a row, my wife has bought me tools for Christmas because that's, you know, she didn't have any other ideas for me. So, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, so having, having the, uh, where the heck was I going with that? The uh, better Christmas presents. The yeah, tools. tools. Yeah, exactly. Better tools, right? <laughs> So, uh, so having having a tool that's multifunctional, right? You know, like if, if I can spend this amount of money on, on this tool and I can do multiple jobs with it, I'm benefiting everybody. Right. Yeah. You know, so so the board like its original design was for rapid intervention, 
but now in, in kind of its inception, you can find space rescue, high and low angle rescue. We have a flotation ring on it, so you can do ice rescue with it. I mean, it's you know you're spending a certain amount of money that is is comparable to this product, but then you can also do so many other things with it. I think the other thing too with with this product is just the the pedigree behind it. The guys that created this product are legitimate firefighters on the line that have put this through its paces, tried and true. And you're talking about city firemen um, from the city of Philadelphia and guys like yourself that are into the job that have put it through its paces. And it's not just another piece of equipment that a manufacturer throws out there and hope it sticks. You know, this is a piece of equipment that uh, yeah. is documented in making a difference yeah. and putting it through its paces. And well, I think that's important. And it wasn't some guy saying, hey, let's make money and reinvent the wheel. Well, that's it, too. I mean, there's unfortunately, there's two names that get tagged along with this that were motivation to get a product to do the job better to, to save our own. So I think that's kind of the yeah. cool thing about it. Yeah. Without a doubt. So, yeah, that's cool. So I know you're into that, and I know that keeps you busy. Yeah, um, so, and, and uh, kind of fast forward. So yeah. I, uh, I hooked him up with a, a local vendor saying, you know, hey, let's let's get this thing out there. And it didn't kind of work for some reason. It didn't work out. And uh, he called me up and he said, hey, he goes, I'm sorry to tell you, but, you know, the guys you hooked me up with just not working out. I said, all right. So, well, just so you know, I said, I showed it to this guy, this guy, and this guy, and they're interested in buying it. He's like, well, did you do that with them? I said, no, just on my own. He goes, I'll make you a rep then. Right. And that's that's how it was. So I, I've been there for like a year and a half, two years, and I think I have almost 40 boards sold. So nice. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's Good for you. And it, it's cool because like guys will be skeptical when they first see it, and then as soon as you load somebody and start, you know, I mean, you're you're taking that package and removal time under five minutes. Guys are like, whoa, this thing is awesome. And not only that, but you know, you're not going to say it, but I'll point it out. It's the fact that you're putting your name behind it. Yeah. You're signing on to it and saying, and guys respect you, and you have a you have a reputation on the job, and so if you're coming forward and saying, hey man, it's a good product, guys, I'm telling you, let me show you it. It comes, or it's already coming with a, a lot of authority behind it. Well, and the product with the fast forward from like just watching the video when you, when you know I was left out of the party, <laughs> but now like I, I went out to Nashville a couple years ago and took Red Under Fire, mm -hmm. and there was all these tips and tricks that people passed along the way who were like, oh, you do this with your waist strap to their waist strap, and then, like, you can connect it and it makes it so much easier. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah. And I was, like, practicing these things. And then I went in a building that was on fire with guys from Chicago who were out of their mind, like, just insane. And I was like, wow. I only stopped wearing pull-up boots, like, two years ago, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And, like, <laughs> but I was like, my digital dexterity has gone away because I'm in a panic because this room is really, really hot. I'm actually getting burned, and I can't do this and like because yeah. they, they taught a lot of gross motor skills to do the moves and like some real simple terminology and it worked and I got out of there and it was just a real game changer because I was like whatever you bring in has to be functional to work with you just fumbling around with it because when it yeah. when it when and it's, I mean it, you know whether you're a career or volunteer everybody's running understaffed these days you know if you have one guy that knows how to package the board I can I can grab anybody and say here pull this rope and boom we have the guy out right you know so right. it's it's uh yeah, it's cool. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I can, you know, I haven't used it yet. I've seen it, uh, but I haven't used it. But uh, I'm, I'm sure in its value, no doubt. So, and you are a busy man. We're talking about all your tools and all your little tips and tricks. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked pre-game before we even got on this thing. I mean, where do you want to go? Did you want to talk about the Fools? Sure. Want to talk about the Fools chapter. I think sure. um, the Fools is, uh, it's a movement, man. It, it has been. Brian Pennington's watching us live, and he just uh, 
Just yelled out, fool! That's fool. right. We uh, we just had Ryan up to do his quarter class uh, two, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I missed that. Mm -hmm. I was talking to him. Yeah, and, uh, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, the Fools has been around since 1995. Started right. with a couple guys in Florida. And uh, there's chapters all over the country. And there was a Jersey chapter, or is a Jersey chapter, but they've kind of... Yeah weren't very functional, so um, is it five five years ago now, uh, myself and five other guys got together and said, let's let's start one. Yeah. So we started the chapter Revolutionary Fools, and uh, revolutionary kind of has two meanings. One, we're, we're based out of Central Jersey, or North Central Jersey, which is where, you know, Washington's headquarters is in the Revolutionary War, um, which is, you know, the kind of the, the rifles in it, but also we're starting a revolution by, you know, promoting brotherhood and promoting training. Awesome. And uh, I'm I'm the training officer of the, the chapter, so uh, I schedule all the, the trainings and teach some and bring other guys in for some. And uh, I think we've done a dozen and a half classes in the, the four and a half years. We've had almost 800 firemen trained in, in different things, and um, it's it's been awesome. Yeah. You know, now we've we've. How many are in your chapter? So we've had a little a little fluctuation. We we uh, started with the six of us, uh, and we quickly shot to like 85. Uh, we were knocking on the door of 100, and now we're kind of leveled out around 65 or so. Um, but, like, the the Fools organization will have, um, like, president meetings, and they'll do it over, like, you know, Chicago Fools is talking with Jersey Fools and talking with, you know, somebody out of Texas all in the same time, and they're comparing notes and this and that. And the, our president has told us, he goes, they're like, what are you guys doing? Because... Like, you've grown so quickly, you've been able to maintain your membership because a lot of them, they'll grow because it's the new coolest thing. Right. And then all of a sudden, it, it dwindles back down to, you know, nobody. Right. Um, and, you know, with the different classes we've done, and, and now we've actually gotten to a point where, you know, we've, we've uh, donated to charity. Um, we've, two years in a row, we've collected uh, wrapped Christmas gifts. One year went to the, uh, the children's hospital, and one year to, uh, uh, actually, we teamed up with Roxbury Fire Department and delivered gifts to the needy in, in town nice so it's it's you know it's cool it's it's what it's supposed to be right now so, yeah and i'm looking at your patch and it says pride and brotherhood and i love that and i'm just i'm thinking because i'm sure some of these younger guys that f watch and follow us might not have they might have heard of the fools but they probably don't necessarily understand the the mantra of it we do we get a lot of that like we've had a uh, you know, a couple of fire chiefs that refuse to send their guys to our training because, oh, I don't know what the fools are. Right, it has this connotation that, like, maybe it's not up and up, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so... I mean, everybody that we have, teaching myself included, are all certified instructors. Um, you know, you're covered under your department's insurance, just like going to a class at the fire academy or anywhere else. So, um, you know, some guys buy into it, and some guys still have that resistance. But. I, think it's, I think it's an incredible opportunity just for outside training. You know, so often we get locked into learning from our own and you know staying in this one lane when if you just veer out of the lane a little bit and maybe attend a fool's class given by steve and you get a whole different perspective not only on the different styles of training or teachings but you also meet people yeah like that's what i think the fools to me represents yeah, it's, yeah. it's pride and brotherhood it's it's the love for the job like guys that are willing to be on you know a, a leatherhead right fraternal order of leatherhead if if they're if they're inspired to do that, it's because they they're inspired by the job yeah. and they want to be there. And you don't need a leather helmet to join this. There's a lot of you know 
Well, yeah. I don't have a leather helmet. I can't join. That's not Be- true. No, bed pants well, are welcome. We'll get you one. Right. Right. We'll get you, we'll get you one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. But I think I think this very much encompasses what we were talking about before. And, and Steve, before we went on camera tonight, we were talking about. It's funny how guys tend to run in the same circles. You have your circle of friends. We have our circle of friends. And then there's one or two guys that overlap in those circles. And then his. Another guy overlaps in another circle. And before you know it, we all kind of know each other before we even know each other. And it's because guys that get it and love this job and have a passion for this craft want to be around each other. And I think that's what The Fools is all about, right? I mean, I I like the fact, too, because we can, a lot of our teachings, we can go outside the box. Right. You know, we're not tied to that. You have to teach by this curriculum set by the book. Right. You know, I, I've had a couple guys come up to us and say, this was the best class I've ever taken. And it's like, awesome, come take our next one, too. Right. You know, because yeah. it, it's, it's, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're, we're picking stuff up from you and from you and you, and we're just passing it along. Right. You know, some of, you know, like tips and tricks and, like, easy way to do the job. You know, you don't have to beat your head against the wall to get the thing done. It's, it's, there's many different ways that you can go about it. And it almost seems like, I think, we had Michael Conroy on the show talking about the Axemen. But he's like, he, he told me early on, like the accident was like, you know, where he found the brotherhood when the brotherhood was missing. Yeah. And I think it's a great opportunity if you're in one of those slow departments that you're helping in your community, but you just don't have that call volume, but it's a way to go out and meet people and, and get that networking yeah. and get or, some. Or if you're that big fish in a little pond and you don't, you don't have the brotherhood and camaraderie in your department, yeah. you can get it someplace else. Yeah. I love it. I love how you all looked at me at the same time. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think the whole thing is awesome, and it just goes back to a testament of who you are and, and so on. So, I mean, let's, let's just keep talking about the man. Yeah. What else you got? You got this. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, so your, your career in the fire service, you've, you've been to probably a few, few alarms, you know. What's, yeah. what's, I always like asking people, like, what was an alarm that, like, you were just like, yeah, I've arrived. Like, this is, so, this is uh, the call I went on that I was like, Yep. Okay. So shop time. Let's so talk. when when I uh, one of the, the big ones for me, well, early on one of my very first fires out of fire academy, um, it was a big mansion out in, in Pottersville on the Tewksbury side, and we arrived just one engine, couple of us on on board, and uh, heavy fire blowing out the rear. And I remember we forced the door. I had I had the tip, and we forced the door and I come in and I start hitting it, and it was just a weird look, like through the house. It's because the back of the house was missing. It had completely burnt off, and the sun was rising, and it was just like... <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, so, I mean, it, a huge, huge house, and I remember, you know, we're knocking fire down, and the third guy in the line actually jumped off the line, and then ran into the garage and pulled the guy's car out of the garage, because the fire was going that way, and we're trying to save as much as we could. Right. And, uh, I mean, we, we got our asses handed to us that night, but it was, it, it was you know, first time on the tip as a, as a new fireman, it was... There's fire everywhere. You know, this yeah, is a special fire. Too. Yeah, right. You know, it's like and then, the holy grail. Man. Yeah, like your first job on the tip is just like, and 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 it was 500 gallons of water. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. And after that, back out. We got to wait for the tankers to get wow. set up and water supply, and you know, so hit what you can, and then get your butt out of there. But yeah. And then and then moving forward, once I I moved to Denville and joined there, um, I think I was on about joining 99. It was about about two years. And it was the summer of 2001, and uh, we got called. Actually, I just gotten certified as a pump operator. So my very first call was, I think, a little brush fire or something. And then got to the firehouse. We got called for a truck fire on Route 80. So it was MVA with a truck fire. That's how it came over. It was like 5:30 in the morning. 
So I was driving first due, we got up onto the highway, and two tractor trailers were going westbound. One got into the other, and they, they both caught fire. Fully involved on arrival. So we came up the off-ramp backwards. So I'm sitting on the highway, you know, I'm, we had a top-mounted pump, so I'm up on top of the rig, you know, I had a pretty good view of the scene. And uh, two lines are stretched, we had guys hitting the fire, and all of a sudden you hear this, like, pop noise from the front of the rig. So I look up and over the cab, and there's 18 tires sticking up on the other side of the Jersey Barrier with a little flame coming out of it. So I'm like, oh, there's another truck over here. So I look up a little further, and it's a gasoline tanker. So what had happened was the two trucks got into it, caught on fire, and the, the gasoline tanker saw them, went to avoid it, and when he came back, his load shifted and dumped them up and over the barrier. So now we're, you know, we're however many minutes into this, we have fire knocked on, on the first two rigs, and all of a sudden the thing blevies. You know, and you, you're, you know, you see the videos or whatever, I was 15 feet from the Jersey Barrier, ducking down between the cab and the pump panel, and the whole sky was fire. It was, it was just crazy, right? Yeah. So, uh, so then, you know, we try to turn the lines on it, and the tank is out of water. Because we used it all putting the two trucks out. Sure. So now we have no water. We're waiting for the, the second due on our side, because another rig came on to the eastbound. Uh, so the third due engine, second on our side, was coming up to lay a supply line. And uh, so after it bloodied, it blew a hole in the tanker. So now whatever fuel was yeah, left is well. rolling down the highway on fire. I remember this. They closed Route 80 for it like did. two months. It did. We actually burned the bridge. because Yeah, it burned the overpass right so over the So there was place. like a 10-foot wall of fire on the Jersey Barrier until it found the storm drain. Yeah. Dripped down into the brook below, caught the brook on fire, started catching the trees on fire, hanging over. It was just, <laughs> you know, when we were out of here, we were talking to a chief from San Diego, and I asked him, I said, you ever go to like a house fire and you like get the like it's now a wildland interface? Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, I was like, we've had some big ones. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, I oh, just get call for more resources. You were dispatched to the house fire, so start fighting that, but just let them know that the rest of the world is on fire. Oh yeah. And he was just as calm as could be about it. I was like, I mean, Look. those no place else in the world can they get on a radio and have 200 engines coming to them like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, those guys are, are squared away. But, it's wild. Uh, yeah. So I mean, we went. That's to, a crazy story. We went to multiple alarms. I actually I had to get into the rig, and back it up. You know, because we were you now in exposure, and uh, I, rem I remember somebody walking next to me holding a mask because it was like an oven in the cab. And uh, you know, back the rig out. Hold Our, we burned through two nozzles. The two lines that were out completely burned through, melted the lines. Um, we were there from 5:30 in the morning till I think about three o'clock in the afternoon. We finally got off the highway. It was crazy. Yeah, you guys <laughs> yeah. screwed up traffic for a very long time. Oh yeah, and they had to build a temporary bridge. Yeah, I remember was, all that. We ended Absolutely. up moving forward. We had to go. Uh, the depositions because you know the truck driver was suing the state was suing this guy it was right. just it was a sure. huge mess sure so yeah, that was our our summer of 01 and then we all know what happened later that year sure but, uh, sure do yeah so so yeah that was my my first time pumping at a big fire yeah that's and, wild uh, how's milburn catch work in milburn it's been dry lately has it yeah and it's just all the way around us too like we haven't gone mutual aid we haven't you know last night when we went to orange was the first time Probably in months we've been out of town. Yeah, but uh, we we stay busy with other stuff. We do uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of customer service based calls. Um, you know, we're also we're like the the big little department where you know we're running two engines in a truck, but we're also on the foam task force. We're on the USAR team. Right. Um, you know, we're we got our hands in. A lot they got of a lot of specialty equipment. A lot of guys are trained too, right? Yeah. On the USAR. Out of our forty-seven, I think twenty-six of us are USAR trained. Right, in, in in New Jersey of the USAR team, but then you have your UASI components, correct? Yeah, so after September 11th, um, they found that there was, you know, a time where 
Task Force One needed to get mobilized and then get on the road, and there was a little time gap in between. Uh, so they came up with the UASI USAR team. Uh, UASI has the foam task force. There's a bunch of you know right. components to it, mm -hmm. but the uh, the USAR component. There's 11 rescue trucks. Um, we're all trained by Task Force One guys. Are up to their standard. So basically, we come in as as the the front lines. We get the job started, and then once they get mobilized, they kind of take over and and we back out. But uh, right. each county has one, but down where Steve is, because it's more of an urban setting, you have more than one department that's involved. Right? Yeah, so it's it's kind of like the urban part of Jersey. So uh, uh, Hudson County has uh, Jersey City and Hoboken and right. North Hudson, um, Patterson and Passaic, Union or Elizabeth and Union. Right. Um, Essex is Newark, the Port Authority has a rescue, Middlesex County has one, and then Marstown has the one from Marstown. Yeah. And it's an incredible resource, just on a New Jersey level. It's one thing that I think they did well in addressing the fact that specialized tech needs to be immediate. And, you know, years ago we used yeah. to, you know, I mean, I remember years ago we used to play it by ear, you know, like when there was some type of tech call, whether it was a trench or a collapse, you know, I mean, you're looking at your resource book going, all right, who am I calling? Now it's very much squared away with these with these yeah. uh, initial response teams from the county level, from these career departments that will come in and get started before the task force gets there. So I think it's pretty cool. We shot a bunch of the equipment. Yeah, when yeah we so we're, we're partnered up with Marstown for the rescue part of it. Um, so if they, you know, they need a couple guys, we'll send them guys and they'll make up their, their rescue team. And then we also house the shoring unit for, uh, there's, there's four shoring units, Elizabeth, us in Milburn, uh, which is kind of partnered with Newark, um, North Hudson, and Hackensack have the, the shore units. So. Yeah. But uh, it's cool. I mean, I you know, I'm a big rescue guy. I love yeah. getting into the special ops stuff. And uh, actually, the USAR team has, uh, they just put 24 of us through rope tech, train the trainer, and certified us as rope instructors. And now we're going to go out and teach the 700 guys in the, the program awesome. and bring them up to, to rope tech. Cool. So, yeah, that's, yeah, really, that's really cool. I, I think it's important, too, that you have a department that recognizes the need for that and that recognizes that it's important for your guys to seek out that external training yeah. and so on. I think that's hugely important, too, because I, I don't think everybody does that. I don't think a lot of departments like it or, or push for it or promote their and, guys. And, I mean, kudos to all the chiefs in, involved because, yeah. you know, yeah. they, they get the buy-in to, to give the manpower and to right. you know, release the resources and stuff like that. So yeah, without a doubt. And then the only the other thing we want to hit on too is just your your upcoming event too, right? So you're next you're big into rescue like we're talking about. So you have a uh, symposium coming up, right? I do. I was uh, fortunate and honored enough to uh, to be chosen as one of the I think there's twelve or thirteen instructors um, going to the North American Heavy Rescue Symposium in Covington, Georgia. That's uh, cool. It's going to be the first week in June next year, and uh, it's, it's going to be an awesome awesome time. It's uh, the first time they're running it. But, uh, I mean, the logistics, I think I heard there's like 500 vehicles. Um, there's some concrete trucks, some buses, some just everything and anything, you know. So I, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm honored to be teaching, but I'm looking at some of the other classes. I'm like, man, I want to take that. That looks so cool, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so hopefully. Uh, That's exciting. And registration and everything else, it's online. Yeah, right? it's so all online. It's, North, um, what is it? North yeah. American Heavy Rescue Symposium. Okay. Or NARS is, is the, uh, the Nice. Well, good luck with that. That sounds like an incredible couple of days. Yeah. And then yeah, there's so some big endorsements behind it, people and so on. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I'm fortunate enough, you know, to be as a lead, and then I get to bring, you know, six of my buddies along and, and nice. uh, 
you know, have them teach with me. So that's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> when, did, when did you get promoted as captain? Uh, May of 2016. Yeah, two years ago. Okay. And what were uh, like what were some of the challenges for you getting promoted to captain? Did you have challenges? How'd you overcome them? A little bit. Um, actually, right when I was getting promoted, the uh, the spot of training officer opened up, and uh, you know, guys, you know, knew how into training I was, and they were like, "Oh, you're you're definitely going from from fireman to training officer." And the chief at the time said, uh, "He's like, you know, you're you're a good candidate, but he goes, I don't like putting a brand new officer on day shift. He's like, you need to be on the line, you need to get the line experience, and and you know, be doing the job." And I I completely agree now. And I uh, appreciate what he did because, you know, being a smaller department, not going to a ton of fires, like, you know, going right to days, you're definitely not getting that experience where, you know, now it's, you're, you're seeing a little bit of stuff on the street and, and uh, you know, it's cool. I got a great bunch of guys. They, uh, they're really into training. They like, you know, like playing along. So and I, I think that's great. I know that you're, you know, hardcore into it. So I guess maybe just to relate it to a guy like myself who, you know, I'm into it and my time is becoming more and more limited. And so when I, the ability for me to seek out all this external training is just becoming harder and harder. And yeah. I think I speak for a lot of people. Oh yeah. And so I guess what I, what I say to you is maybe you can give me some ideas or, or thoughts of like what you're seeing or, you know, are you finding it more difficult to train people, people to be more available to, or willing to train or like it, it's hard. You know, it, it's uh. I mean, we've we've been with the fools. We've been very fortunate that every class we've given or offer has filled, and I mean that's that's kind of a, a testament to the people taking the class. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's definitely difficult trying to find all the time, and you know I got two kids and a wife, and yeah. I mean she's she's super supportive and and you know puts up with a lot of my crap, and you know especially with how busy things get sometimes. But uh, yeah, I mean life gets in the way sometimes, and. You know, luckily, I mean, fortunate for us at work, you know, when we're on duty, we, we train. Yeah. You know, we're on duty, we train, we have our, our set drill time and stuff like that. But outside of that, you know, I know that a lot of guys aren't seeking out other opportunities. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, you know, fortunately or unfortunately with, with being the department that we are, how we're small, but we have our hands in a lot, you know, you have to be an engine guy, a truck guy, a rescue guy, and a special yeah. ops guy at a moment's notice. Right. You know, where if you were just a little bit bigger and you could be assigned, yeah. you're assigned just to the engine, you become a really good engine guy. Right. You know, or you're a really good rescue mm -hmm. guy, where now you kind of like, you're not extremely proficient in it, but you have enough to get yourself in trouble. Right. You know? Yeah. Do you, um, in, through all your interactions with guys, do you guys talk about tradition? Talk, talk about culture? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I try to throw little zingers in all the time, like, you know, uh, why, is the, why is the Dalmatian the fire dog? You know, and guys, especially like the newer guys, look at you like, I don't know. You know, or why is the hydrant called the plug? Right. You know, it's, it's you got to bring all that, that stuff. You can't leave it behind. You got to bring it up and, and pass it on to the, the new generation. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, that's what this was built on. You know, when we first started this thing, this is what we built it on was the tradition and culture in the fire service. And, you know, we could talk, I mean, you know, there's so many training pages out there and guys that talk about training and guys like yourselves that are really into the job and, and you know, promote training, and I'm all for it. But I, I'd like to just bring it back around just a little bit and talk about the tradition and culture in a fire service for a minute because I know you're steeped in it. 
Yeah. And I know that that's also what fuels you other than the actual hands-on training part is also the mystique of the job and the, the, the other love. Side of it. Yeah, the love yeah. for the job. Um, and so on. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, throughout your goings uh, in the service, you know, for many years now, um, have you come across places where you're like, oh, man, this is tough. Like, you know, I mean, I just, you, you, you hit on it before, and I guess I'm just trying to find a way to segue into it, is just that, you know, you hit on it before where, you know, there, there might be a time that you're a big fish in a little pond and you're not finding the same people of your caliber in, in your own mind that, you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm into this so much and I wish somebody else would be yeah. in this firehouse or in this company, and they're not. But there's that opportunity to seek out other That's guys. It. Hey, I, I found it, I mean, you know, I, again, I had the, the awesome opportunity to go to FDIC as an instructor. But, like, if you're ever feeling, you know, that flame inside you start to dwindle and... and you know, you're not feeling that brotherhood, go to places like that. Yeah. I mean, you walk in the door there, and it's just, it's bleeding brotherhood. You know, and you, you get recharged, and you come back from, from there, or yeah. any of these conferences. You come back, and you're like, you're ready but to go. But especially ready to that one, because there's so many people there, and you go to these dinners where there's like, you know, a table of 12, and you're not sitting with your people. Exactly. And then we just start doing what we're doing here. Yeah. And you learn so much yeah. just at those dinners, just talking, well, how do you fight a car fire? Yeah. Oh, really? You guys actually wear packs? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, I yeah, mean, you, you, go, you go to another firehouse and you tell them that you're riding a one-man truck, and they're like, what? <laughs> you know, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. But but then they ask you how, how you do that, and, you know, how well, how's that possible? And then you explain it to them, and they're like, oh, well, maybe we could do something yeah. like that. And it goes back to yeah. what we talked about before about the kitchen table. Yes. You know, the kitchen table, talking at the kitchen table is not just in your firehouse. It's yeah. at a conference. It's out yeah. to dinner. It's, you and know. It, it takes a while for people to open up. But once you once you go to a big conference like that, people are opening up all the time. Yeah. So it, it doesn't take as much. you, know, you got to warm up to people. But, you know, there it just seems like it takes a little less time. Well, and, and Rob, you brought that up before where the conversation kind of opens the door. Yeah. Like you talked before where that one captain kind of, you know, separated himself and you guys were talking all of a sudden he ran in the room and he was talking like yeah, boom yeah. you just opened that door for that guy and now now we're, we're, we pulled it all together you know yeah. uh, see how we just pulled everything back together yeah and yeah. without that I mean, it's fantastic guys fantastic but I, I think too like even for us because this is what we do and I don't have a hard time like engaging people and I don't have a hard time talking and so on um, uh, he was very shy when we started this it was Nope, not even close. <laughs> but, but the thing is this, right? Like, I know I'm a I'm a good judge of, of people and character, and and you know, like we talked about before, we talked <laughs> about around for <laughs> we talked about before where you sp you can spot a kid. You're doing a probie class, and you're like, hey man, come here. Where where are you where are you a volunteer? And he's a career fireman in the probie class, and he's like, what do you how, how can you tell? And you're like, you can just tell. Like, there's a walk to you. There's a certain way you carry yourself. There's a certain way. Or he has to have things. his residency in the city to get hired, so he's not right. supposed to say, oh well, I yeah. used to live here and volunteer here. Right, yeah. and and that's a fact across you know the globe. And but where I'm going with this is that you know we National Fire Radio on this platform is like you know I didn't know you. We reached out to each other. You know, and it's like we do the same. We were out at Pierce. We went out to dinner with guys from. Uh, San Antonio. We went out to dinner with guys from uh, Colorado, West Metro, right? West okay. Metro. Yeah. And so on. So, and you know what? These guys were a little guarded at first. They're like, who the hell are these guys or whatever? But Especially when they're like, where are you guys building? And we're like, we're not building a right. truck. Right. But, but what was super interesting <laughs> was being able to break bread with them or even just have a beer. 
and we start talking, and before you know it, the everybody's guard gets lowered, yeah. and then we're having fun, and we're telling stories, and we learn so much about each other. Like-minded people. And that's what mm -hmm. this job, and that's what this platform is all about. Yeah. It's spreading the good word. It's finding that tradition and pride and culture of this job and the love of this job and passing that craft and passion on to the next guy. There are so many things that we learn from God, like tonight, walking away from this tonight and learning a couple things that you said tonight that are going to stick with me. And I do that with every single guest we have. We, we get these little tidbits of things, and it's just it's so awesome. And I want to take what I've learned here tonight, and I want to spread that good word. And for us to be able to do that on our platform is why... I think we're doing okay with this. Oh, you know, it's because we're getting that out there, and I think that's huge. I, I also I, I relate it back to like my grandfather, right? He was a mechanic by trade, so his mentality though was, what I know, I know, and I don't want to teach you because then you'll take my job take away. My job, yeah. Right? Where in the fire service, we can't have that. What right. I know, you should know, and you should know, and you should because now we're building that team, and you know we're relying on each other at the job. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm, in, I'm into rescue and I'm into all these little tips and tricks. I try to share them as much as possible because what benefit is it doing anybody, me keeping them to myself? Right. I've never heard it said that way, but I like that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a very good way to put it. There's and no doubt. Look back to the old knowledge is power, and some people don't want to share the knowledge because they think their power is going to get taken away. Well, in, in a lot of volunteer houses, you have a lot of old pump operators, and they just assume that once I've taught my skills to somebody else... Well, now this guy's going to drive the truck, and I got no place to go. Now, what am I going in the radio room? Yep. Or you know, this has been my firehouse for fifty years. Yeah. And now you're making changes here, and I'm. I, I, yeah. Know, it doesn't sit right. You know. It's finding it's finding that fine balance, and um, you know, I, I think it's important though that you know sometimes we lose track, or a lot of times we lose track that this thing's so much bigger than us. Oh, yeah. There were so many guys that came before me that I never even knew, but because of what they've done before I even was born or in the firehouse, that laid the groundwork for the firefighter that I've become. You know, you, the, I mean, I, like you said, I watch a ton of your stuff and, and uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. You, you hit the nail on the head. Thank you. The, the job is bigger than you. It has to be. You know, you have to. You put into it and make it better than when you started because all you're doing is just helping it keep And it. I, I think a lot of times, too, though, the guys say it, they don't believe it. But well, they don't live it. Yeah. And I'm not, listen, I, I have my downtime too. Like, I, you know, I, I can't always be rah, rah, rah. We all have that. But at the most end of the of day. The time, yeah. Right. Most, but, but at the end of the day, like, it is. And we have to recognize that. Maybe not all my actions are representative of that. And I think it's impossible to be, you know, 100% on all the time about pro, pro, pro. But it has to be there. And I think when you surround yourself, let's get back to that probate class that you go through. But, like, that group of cohesiveness, because you spent that time together, promotes the job and makes the job better. That's it. Right? Yes. Or you go through your 229, or not 229, your lieutenant school when you got it hired and you went through it with maybe one or two other guys. Like, you share those bonding moments with them, and that experience in and of itself makes the job better. Because it is better than you, and it is bigger than you, and you're just doing your part while you're here. It's actually, you know, you say that, it's one of the things that the department changed. They don't send us to flip school anymore in New York. And, and at least for my employer in Fairview, and they cite budgetary stuff, but I think that everybody I know who went to flip school, um, they got something out of meeting all these brothers from across the state. Without and there's a network. this bond that, that Without like, a everybody says, oh, I went to flip school with this guy. Yeah. And I, it was one thing I was very disappointed about getting promoted is that we didn't go to flip school 
because and like the chief hey there's no value in it or this that and the other thing and we can get and yeah you know what you're right maybe we can get a better like i got a better class by doing my fire service instructor at mifri i got a better class doing fire investigation at the academy but what i lost in making a connection with a guy from rochester or manlius or you know a guy in newburgh to a guy in middletown and knowing their struggle and knowing that like i'm not alone in this like that's irreplaceable and we won't get that back go that's to what, you know go to steve's class down in georgia yeah go to steve's class in georgia 30 percent of your three days there is cutting a car up the 70 percent of it yeah. is this the 70 percent of it is right. learning and meeting guys from across the country that have a shared passion for the job mm -hmm. and where you can talk and bounce things off each other and throw a shot back or have a <coughs> beer or go for a run or work out in the gym together whatever your poison is right yeah like that's what it's about and, and i think it's also i mean you know you, you asked before about you know how do you get guys in into it yeah and i think it's the it's the mentality you know i, I heard a story and can't remember who told it to me, which kind of bugs me a little bit, but um, it was this guy and his kid were sitting at the mechanic shop, and he's getting his car serviced, and the kid says to him, he's like, Dad, he's like, how come that guy's had such a big toolbox, and your toolbox at home is so small? And he, he said to the kid, he goes, because, son, he goes, that's his profession, and he has to fill his toolbox with all of the stuff he needs to do his job. My toolbox at home is just for fun. Right, so a fireman, your toolbox is here. Yeah. So you got to go to training. You got to keep up on the world around you and right. fill that toolbox for your profession. Yeah. Plain and simple. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I, I think, th I think the biggest challenge we have is fueling that desire in the guys that are coming up, and even in the senior guys, because you could be a senior guy with twenty years in, twenty-five years in, and you've lost your drive for the love of the job. You're there solely because it's a job or you know you're you're pissed off because of a medical issue or relationships with the chief or whatever or and it's skipped over on promotion right and it diminishes yeah, whatever it, may be. it diminishes your love for maybe the reason why you got into it but now you're there for a different reason and it's like how do you refire that passion or how do you because when the when the guy up the line that maybe did get screwed over whether it's for a career promotion or a volunteer promotion I did some stuff Real quick, just talking about the volunteer fire service with election time and yeah. just, like, how how shitty that can get. Oh, yeah. And that can discourage guys. And when you talked about before, when your internal flame starts to flicker a little bit, how do we relight that, right? How do we say, listen, you're bigger, you're better than this, man. Head up. Like, you know, chin up. Don't worry about this nonsense. Like, you're there because you love the job. You went there because it was better than you and bigger than you. Don't become bigger than the job. So, you need to just keep fueling and, this. And, but and but I mean, you have but we have to find that way to do that. And now we have such an opportunity with social media and yeah, platforms like yours. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, all the training pages out there, there's so much information being thrown out where years ago we didn't have that. Yeah. But you I know? you know it, coming down here I was listening to that uh, Fire X talk on YouTube and one guy was talking about um, he said, like, social media is, is, is great, but he's talking about the detriment. I started leaning back in my chair because I remember a couple years ago, there was a chief in Syracuse who was at the academy giving a speech, and he was just sandbagging social media, and he didn't understand the value. Yeah. But this kid hit on the point that, like, hey, social media is good, but there's got to be those of us out there saying, what you're saying is not right. Because any of us can get on, and I, Jeremy talked, and I talk about this all the time, we have a responsibility with this platform, and it's, I think, sometimes that... Like is a negative detractor in 
trying to relight these fires because people get out there and they can you can go on a on a Facebook group page and be negative yeah and, and hate on something or let that venom like really get out there and start or you can it. everybody and their brother will show you you know oh well do it this way or do it that way yeah all right well that's great you know watch the videos take in as much info but then try it yourself yeah. right don't don't just take the guy's word for it and then 2.30 mm -hmm. in the morning when you're on the scene, like, oh, yeah, I saw this technique. Well, it doesn't work. You didn't try it right. beforehand. We, we've know? talked about that, and that's the downside, right? The, the ability to have access to all these different pages and videos and tips and tricks, until you try it for yourself to make sure it works for you, you can't take it as gospel. And a lot of guys will see one video, say, like, I remember, like, the guys in my firehouse were hot and heavy on the Cleveland load. Oh my God! You guys see this video? We got to see it. So we all watch it ten times. We try it. We deployed it a couple times. It's great. The problem is, it's a great line. Yeah. It works very, very well, especially if you're short-staffed and everything else. The issue is, if you're not deploying that thing on a regular basis, and you don't flip it correct, and you don't set it up correct, yeah. that's my point, right? So like, it's a fantastic load, and we carry it, but you got to know how to use it. So you got to take those tips and tricks. And things that, that you can see and then put it to your own use, craft it into your way of doing things, and then it becomes yours, not somebody else's. And that's hugely important. And share it. Agreed. You know, like we just yeah. said, like, get yeah. the info out there. Like, you know, we talked before about that divide between the older guys and the newer guys. The newer guys see the stuff, they try it, they put it on the rig. The older guy that doesn't come around in a volunteer house for a month or so comes down and now the rig is completely different. He doesn't know how to pull the line. Where he's been pulling the same line for Correct. 20 years. Correct. Mm -hmm. So now you're you're dividing. When you're supposed to be bringing it together, Correct. you're dividing by not sharing that information. And, and a lot of times, too, that type of divide is accidental. That the okay. newer kids are gung-ho to do this, but they don't understand the repercussion that not only is it, okay, I understand you want to make a change and you think it's for the better, great, but we need to do it correctly. You know, and so that's where that detriment can come in. Where it changes always slow. Oh, yeah. always, oh, yeah. I mean, dragging without slow. a doubt, without slow. a doubt. But that's where. But today, you have to understand. Even myself, I'm 41 years old, but and I run a business outside of this whole thing, and I'm an instant guy. I need answers. Like I want to know what we're doing. I need it now. I need to know what we're doing, where we're going, how I get it. And today, with the immediacy of everything in this world, you do get your answers now. If I want to learn how to do a Cleveland load. Cleveland load, I can have 15 videos up in a matter of five seconds, and I can watch them all. Now, if I'm not the smart enough guy to have a solid head on my shoulders and a level head that I can take that, digest the information, and make it mine, I just watch it once and go, I know how to do this. I saw Steve Jason cut a car up this way. I saw it on YouTube. I'm going to do it tonight when we have a pin. Good luck. You have to be smart enough to understand that. You have to digest it make it your own. That's also partly what we're doing here with this platform. Like we, I never ever for one second understood the massive responsibility that is now falling on our shoulders. Yeah. I never thought that we might be responsible for making this job better. All I wanted to do was document some stories and talk to some great guys, share a couple beers, and document stories of you know the senior guys so that mm -hmm. 20 years from now we could play these back and we all have a good laugh when we're watching it together, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. that was the intent of this. What's happening, though, is because we're on the channels that gain the attention, we're on the channel, we're on YouTube, and we're on Instagram and Facebook, where it's immediacy. And, like, right now, Rob's streaming live. Like, people are watching this live. So everything that I say now is gospel forever. So if I slip up tonight, I'm going to be held accountable for That's that. It. 
You, so, it's, it's on you, said it, that's it. So yeah. we have yeah. to be transparent 100% of the time and be completely authentic. That's why I've never bullshitted about where I'm from, who I am, my experience, what we do. Like, you can't. You can't hide anymore. You have to put it out there. But the responsibility that is falling on our shoulders now, thinking that when one of the kids in my firehouse comes back and goes, hey, Jay, when I was up at Fire One tonight, before class started, everybody was talking about, like, videos you were putting out. The whole class. Then he goes, what's a video? <laughs> and I go, I go, the whole class? He's like, yeah. They all know who you are, and they watch your videos, and they love yeah. it. And I go, holy shit. Like, I sat back that night after, this, after Jake told me this great kid. I sat back, and I, I think I called Rob, and I go, Rob. I'm like, what are we doing? It's pretty cool, right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah. You know? I mean, for a guy with your pedigree to sit here and appreciate what we do, is, it's numbing to me. You said it before. You go to some classes and you train. You're a trainer, but also you, you're rubbing shoulders with these guys that, like, you read their articles and watched yeah. their videos and mm -hmm. taught you how to be a better guy. Great. And I do the same thing now, and I'm like, this is weird, man. Great story from, uh, from when I was in, in Indy. And uh, I was down there in April of 16, and in May I was getting promoted. So, like, on the flight down there, I found out that I was getting promoted. So I was on a high to begin with. You know, let We're alone beers when we land. <laughs> yeah, you know, let, let alone the opportunity to go there and be an instructor and stuff like that. So, um, John Norman's book was on our reading list. So we're at the pub one night and I run into him. How oh, cool! Yeah. Right. So he doesn't know me, you know. And I said to him, I said, "Hey, chief," I said, "I want to thank you." And he like looked at me funny. He's like, "Thank you." He's like, what, "For what?" I said, "Oh, I said your book is on my reading list, and I just found out I'm getting promoted." Oh my God, you did! It. He gives me a huge hug. He's like, "You did it, brother. That's awesome." And I was like. Whoa! You know, yeah. like this is this yeah, is me, amazing, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah right, yeah. And, and you know, and then the next night we're out, and, and you know, we're having a few beers, and all of a sudden, I'm Ray McCormick's next to me, yeah. and we're sharing stories, and we're we're tapping beers, and it's like, this this is awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know? And you know what? I want to touch on that because you said two big names in this fire industry, and it's so important for people to know their names because of what they've brought forth to this industry. The problem is that the twenty-year-old kids don't know who these guys are. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we, I'll, I'll stand. I'll stand in the classroom and I'll say, we have who's, to. "Who's Alan Bruschini?" Oh, and they all look at you like he was great. Steve, that is right. What is Steve? This, who? This is this is yeah. my this is my trouble with where we're going. Is those guys and I've pleaded with a couple that I know, and I've said, "Let me help you get you onto the channels where you need to be." The attention is no longer in print. The attention is in social, yeah. and if you have to. There's not a reason why people should know National Fire Radio over Ray McCormick. Ray McCormick should dwarf us times, a, or should outlive us times a thousand with, with what he's brought to the fire service. But you have to be where the attention is. And I, I really hope that some of these guys really start to understand that they need to put their stuff and their product on the channels where the attention is because you can't, we can't afford to have these newer generations not understand who these rock stars are because these guys built a lot of the foundation of the fire service and we can't let them dwindle away because they don't understand where to be on the attention scale. Yeah. Yeah, well what we're kind of doing is what Bruno and Brennesini were doing back in the day. Yeah. So they'd sit up on the big stage and they just bullshit. Yeah. You know, but it was what everybody needed to see in the fire service. But back then it was only who was in the classroom saw it. Yeah. Now right. right. It's but you got to remember that was a five thousand seat classroom. Oh, oh yeah, which was full, of course, yeah. and would always. That's like uh, guys. Dave Dotson's class. Yeah, every single time, yeah. standing room. I mean, just packed house. One guy talking. 
Yeah. And we need to get names like that on a platform, not even my platform, just a platform that is out there to get their names out there because they're losing market share because they're not where the attention is. And the fire service now, more than ever, needs these rock stars yeah. to be there. Yeah, and we, we need them to be there. And, and Steve Jason and Jeremy Donch and Tucker Daly and Rob Ridley, we have a responsibility to make sure that these guys can spread that word and put it out there. So if National Fire Radio is that platform that might be able to do it, I'd love to do it. I'd love to take on the task of doing it. I've said that to a couple of them. Let me help. Let me help you get it out there. Their message is so much bigger than print. Yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. they need to get it out there. But anyway. And, and some of them are out there, but they're... Like, if you're not logging on to fire engineering training minutes, yeah. you're not seeing them. That's correct. Right. And they're not, you know, they're not always repeated either. Yeah. So you have to know when they're on. Yep. I think of, uh, like, Nick Martin, because one of the, like, I, I took FAST, and we call it FAST class in New York, right, for rapid intervention. Mm -hmm. I took it in the academy, and I was like, wow, like, we just got beat up really bad by the instructors. And we were a FAST team, and we did all these things, and he was, like, the first one to really spark it for me because he had that video on fire engineering about how to use the rip path properly yeah. and Nick's a great dude right and I and, and I watched this fire engineering and I watched the video like 15 times in a row going oh my god this is great and then I was like hey can we try this I you know, went to my shift and the guy's like yeah and we started doing it and we, we actually became proficient with the rip path which was awesome because we never had that before yeah. but like I found it on accident like, like I said unless you look for that and that um, I think it was fire engineering in the training minutes. Mm -hmm. Like unless you see him in that, you'll never, you'll never find that. And and I was, I mean, I, I have so many. I was lucky enough too, because I, I don't know how it's happened to me. But um, I got an article published in uh, New Jersey Fire Magazine a couple years ago, and it was the difference between being on the job or into the job. And if the guys are just on the job, they're not looking for it. Right. Yeah. They're not going out there and searching all those different sites and looking for that information. The guys into the job? Absolutely. We're going to wrap it up probably in the next 20. This will be a long one, but it'll be good because it's been excellent. So I yeah. thank you. That's some good knowledge bombs going so, on here. Yeah, and in between, oh, look, streaming it. right now, like <laughs> in between, this is what we do. So we take a break real quick while we're filming. We BS for a few minutes, maybe pour another cold one, and then we hop back in it. Sebi, we good? Yeah, we're good. We're rolling. We're rolling. We're back up. Anyway. <laughs> ah, that's yeah, that is, that's, he came in once and he, he knew exactly how to get this. That clap helps me out like tenfold. Yeah. Uh, he busts my balls about all the time. It's never helped me. It's one of those directors' boards. Yeah. So you know, we are on a good roll here. I just want to touch one more thing about getting promoted and like what what tips do you have for newly promoted guys? Because I know I got promoted and I had an idea and I had some good mentors. But like really, it literally came down to here's your login so you can get all this access so you can do reports. Here's some keys. Good luck. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. The the okay. transition from firefighter to captain is uh, there's there's not a lot of assistance, if you will. It's it's the the paperwork administrative. Here's your login. Here's yeah. how to do this. Here's how to do that. But. Oh, and you're responsible now. Don't 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 fuck up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like, you know, FDNY, you get promoted and you go to two weeks of school and you learn everything about that transition. Yeah. Right? You know, where the, we, we didn't have that. It was And you're separated from your guys. Yeah. Right? From, from what I, it's still the same from what I understand. They don't go back to the company they came out of. No. And with a small department, I mean, right. even if I, and I did shift shifts, but then we had guys move around and yeah. a couple of guys came with me sure. and then yeah. guys work overtime and they're, you know, so it's, it, there's no avoiding it. You, you said before you had a reading list. 
Yes. Can you touch on that a little bit? Because that's something I don't think a lot of departments do. So uh, with the New Jersey Civil Service, um, when they put the test out, they'll tell you certain books that are going to be referenced in the exam. So these, this is the reading list, and you know, of course, some of these these publishers, you know, now there's a fifth edition and a sixth yeah. edition, and you know, oh, well, I just took the promotional test three years ago. Well, it's a different book now. Go out and spend the more money. But um, so there's there's certain books that you read because when you're taking the test, it's according to Norman, this is the answer. And if you didn't read and stuff, you know, you're you're gonna get that one wrong. Um, Were there so, things uh, outside the fire service that you? Um, like picked up on as far as, like I, I did a lot of leadership reading for like military stuff. Yeah. So like I think the Men to Mission and Me um, was one of them. Uh, I did the um, Running the Best Damn Ship in the Navy. It was one that I got from Hyattsville, Maryland. Okay. They were like, yeah, and uh, I, I can't remember the author's name, but like there was a couple of military books that were specific into turning like these, you know, crap assignments into all-stars and stuff like that. Was there anything like that that you got? Not really. I mean, I, I kind of, uh, I guess, what really helped me actually was teaching. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. because like teaching at the academy kept you into the the bread and butter of the job. So now when you're doing that test and it's you know asking you operational questions, oh I just taught that last week. It's fresh in my head. Mm, yep. You know, it's uh, probably also the ability to speak in front of people and to yeah. instruct people and to you know being an instructor is is not an easy job. You have to find how you can get through to individual students because everybody learns a little bit differently. That's right. There's so many yeah. different personalities that so, you have to kind of break and through. And in a smaller group, you can read them that way yeah. and teach to them. So I have to think that yeah. that played a you know big part yeah. in your transition, too. So right and uh, our promotional exam was two-part. It was a written and then an oral. And the oral was uh, you're, you're talking into a, a video camera. Yeah. And <laughs> let me tell weird. you what. I, I took it twice. I took it um, the first time I was eligible, and I came out number seven. Ended up dying on the list, I think, at four. And the very first time, it was so nerve-wracking. Like, I got cotton mouth, I, my hands mm -hmm. were sweating. You know, I know what I'm talking about. I know the info, but relaying it, staring at the camera was, like, just, just crazy. You know? I have that same problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, so it's kind of those fine things to, to hone, mm -hmm. taking it again, knowing that, you know, just yeah, talk, just yeah. do your thing, you know. Is there a, if you could give a, a bit of advice for a newly promoted officer, what, what would your advice be? My advice would be learn your job and the job ahead of you. Okay. You know, even as a fireman, when, when you know, we, we had a guy on the job that as soon as he got off probation, he was studying to be captain. He never learned the job of a firefighter. Right. You know, learn that job and then the job ahead of you. So if you're studying for promotion, be a good fireman and study and go for the promotion. And then once you get that promotion, study the job ahead of you so it, it kind of like if I know the job with my battalion chief and I know his expectations I can turn around and already be a step ahead and and not even have him give me the word it, it just kind of all falls in you it makes know? sense yeah. it makes yeah. perfectly good sense absolutely and that's part of that whole team that we were discussing exactly you know your players yeah mm -hmm. you know and, and that's I mean we've had a couple times on the job where you know they just mix everybody up because, you know, oh, well, there's too many senior guys on this crew and too many in that crew, but, all right, maybe so, but I've already built that camaraderie right. with these guys, and I know and how each one of them works, so well together, and we gel. And now you just changed it, although it's good for the department to do change it every once in a while, but when you find a good crew that works together, there's nothing like it. Yeah, you know, so it's, um, unfortunately, I, I, and other than that, I, I don't have any, it's kind of, You've jumped in with both feet and you know hope you're doing the best job you can.
That's it, but I think at the, at the end of the day, it just goes back to what we were talking about, right? You, you do it to the best of your ability, knowing that you're making it better. Yeah. Always try to make it better. Yep. It's that simple. And with your guys, I mean, I, I know I try to do this, is no matter what their strengths or weaknesses are, you try to bring everybody up to that next level. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, you're only as good as the men below you. That's it. Or your weakest one, right? I mean, yeah. Right, I mean, so... They can either make or break a captain just like the captain can make or break the, the farm. Yeah, you know. that's cool. Well, I have to say, I mean, we've yeah. been going on and on, and not I don't mean that badly no. by any means. This is what, what we find when guests come in here. We tend to get lost in the timing, and it just goes on and on. We've been going for over an hour and a half already, which I think is incredible because we could probably talk for another six hours. Yeah. Um, but just going forward, man, like what are your – the fire service. I mean, you know, I, I still – I mean, I, I tell everybody we give – we give out. Oh, so speaking of that, the tins, right? Yeah. So Steve was nice enough to invite us in, and he was he was a, a friend from day one, and so I can't present him one because he's already got one. I do. Thank right. You so that. we we sent him one as a token of appreciation. But on the back of the tin, I write a little message to the to the guys that we have, and it says something about keep brotherhood and tradition alive. Or I have a couple others that I say, but to me, that's my mantra right you know i think somebody said uh, i forget who you'll know keep fire in your life i forget who said that right um one of the big names in the, in the industry keep fire in your life right which has so many connotations and understandings mine you know keep tradition and brotherhood alive and i say that to every every guest and i write it on the back of the tins from taylor um and so on and so that's important to me how about you man like just going forward like how many years are you in? How many years are you on the job now? In, so in I'm in my thirteenth. Thirteenth year. So you have a good at least seven, if not twelve more years yeah, that I'm you kinda, could potentially be on the line. Right in the middle. Yeah. Okay. So where do you see? What do you want to see? Or what can we do with this fire service to keep it where it is or make it better? I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, I just, no, no, I, absolutely. I, I think um, you know a lot like we've talked about tonight. Like, mm -hmm. don't let that tradition fall behind. You know, bring it up and, and it's whole, you know, oh, well, the, the millennials are this or that. You know what? We can mold anybody we want yeah, to. You're correct. Absolutely. You know, 100%. I, that, all that is is a cop-out that yeah. you don't want to take the time and train this guy. Right? I mean, uh, it, you listen, know, if you it, are hitting it on it, the head with me. All right, fine, great. fine. Maybe they come through the door and they don't know how to swing a hammer and they don't know how to do those hands-on things like we did when we came in. But that doesn't mean we can't train them and show them that. You got that right. You know, so so just, you know, giving that line of, oh, well, you know, these guys are different or these guys, you know, aren't like when we came in. Well, you know what? The guys ahead of us say, said the same yeah. crap. Yeah. You know, oh, look at these young guys. They don't know what they're you're doing. Spot on, brother. I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. You know, 100%. I, uh, I had the opportunity to, to meet Mark Van Appen in uh, Indy, and I had him come in to do a, a class for our fools. And his message, you know, excellence is my responsibility. Is That's it. You know, he, he made up signs and hung them in their firehouse, and every guy that believed it signed it. And by the, he said, by the time you know, the whole thing was filled with every guy's signature because they had that buy-in. You know, do your job, treat I people right. That's cool. I love Excellence that. is my responsibility. Yeah, I remember a lot of people going around FDIC this year going, do your job. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, it was, that like, was, it was like the same. That was Mark's June. message. And, and Absolutely. He's used social media, and he's gotten it out yeah. there, and it, I tell you what, it's awesome. We tried to use that at the restaurant. It didn't work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, and I, you know, and you're in a you're in a really you know you're in a very common spot in this business, right? I mean, you're you're in the middle of your career, yeah. and you have you have done so much, but you have so much more to do. 
or want to do. Yeah. Because you have that fire and that passion, and I see that. And just you being here tonight and having this conversation with you. So I trust and believe very much that you have big things to come for you. And I think you have a lot that you're going to be able to bring to the fire service, brother. And I thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. Um, this was you. awesome. And I know we could keep going on and on. Yeah. But the listeners might, you know. Might... We will at another time. They yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> listen, I mean, thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. Absolutely. And, you know, you really opened up a lot about yourself and, um, and so on. And I just... It's humbling for us to bring this message forward, and I thank you. Thanks for trusting us with your story. Thank you. And um, I guess we're going to wrap it there. Maybe we'll do yeah. a little after show with Steve. We've got a lot to talk about still. So, yeah. Rob, take us out, my man. <clears throat> oh, all right. <laughs> Everybody, it's Rob National Fire Radio, Tucker, Jeremy, and our guest Steve Jason from Milburn Fire Department. Send me behind the camera. Thanks for joining us tonight. Be safe out there, and have a happy holiday season. We'll catch you guys later. Take care. Bye. All right. That was good. We got more beer now. How many did you bring? That bag looked empty. Yeah, I got a big beer. We'll do that. National Fire Radio.